All right, welcome back to another episode of the Dungeon of Doom. Ben, it is Victory Thursday as we record this here in Allen Park. It's just amazing how much different this building feels after a victory. Oh, for sure, and especially after the last two weeks when the owner has to talk us, the fans off the cliff, and then they trade Hawkinson. Like you said, victories are hard to come by around here, but especially after the last two weeks it's been, the locker room has been a much jovial place. This place, and we just haven't seen very many wins. It's been four straight last place finishes for Detroit. We all know the struggles they've had to start this year. It just feels like it's been such a long time since they've had something really to feel good about. And a win, just like, listen, this is still a bad team, and neither of us thinks it's going to the playoffs or going to put any kind of run together but for a week at least it, it, it just takes the pressure off everyone it gives some credibility lends some credibility that what Dan Campbell is saying or what Aaron Glenn is preaching that these messages are getting through that that they're getting better that there's hope on the horizon <laughs> yeah. and that it's not just a cluster you know what which is what it's been like for so long and it's always going to feel better doing that against Aaron Rodgers and the no Packers. doubt no <laughs> doubt I have not seen like even from the press box which is like seven stories up at, at Ford Field <laughs> the body language was so bad yeah. I have never I've covered let's see this is my 10th year mm. I guess I've covered probably I'd have to look it up because I know he's been hurt from some of those games but I think I've covered something roughly like 17 yeah. Aaron Rodgers games and I've never seen him look like that, ever. Like you said, we're like so high in the air, but like when he would walk, after he threw that pick to Hutchinson in the end zone and he walked back and he does the little phone thing, he had his back mm. turned to the press box. And it's just like, I can hear every word he's saying <laughs> just by guessing from the back of his head. Seriously, this is my fourth season. I've never seen that guy look like that, act like that. I mean, God, what a weird stretch. I mean, seriously, one week later, we're talking about them defensively dominating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This is this is a, a very entertaining bad team. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen anyone anyone slam a phone like that since Kyle Mikey slammed his phone at roughly 10:30 p.m. the first Saturday after the season to like last year when like we got the alert about the Matthew Stafford trade and I'm sitting in my place trying to chill, probably not exactly sober. It's a Saturday night. It's literally legitimately like 9:10 p.m. I'm trying to eat pizza with my <laughs> some of my friends and I look at my phone oh okay they're gonna they're gonna trade Matthew Stafford all right that's nice and chill after like 20 straight weeks of work oh my god yeah. I threw my phone I'm not gonna lie I threw my phone <laughs> and then I got to work I was gonna say someday we'll be able to tell that whole story about that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, Ben, we got a, a fun episode on tap today. Jerry Jacobs, the cornerback, second-year cornerback, coming up on the back half of today's program. And for those who don't know, and I think most people are getting in the know at this point, Jerry Jacobs is a good, good player, a, a promising, young, physical, good cornerback. He is a great individual mm -hmm. and a lot of energy. And we're recording this before we've even talked to him. We'll see what Jerry's like today. But I'm, I'm sure the people are going to feel it because you feel it every time you talk to him. Hey, Jerry, what's up? Like, you can feel the response every time he brings that much energy. So we've got Jerry Jacobs coming back. He was back on the field and in the defensive game plan on Sunday against the Packers. Oh, a four passing, by the yeah, way, that he allowed. Ben. So it was a, a, a welcome sight for the defense. And it coincided with, obviously, the firing of Aubrey Pleasant last week. It was a big week last week with the trade of TJ Hawkinson to Minnesota. And, of course, the firing of Aubrey Pleasant, the defensive backs coach. And that's probably a good place for us to start today, Ben, because we did we, we saw immediate results against the Packers, and we just went through it. They confounded Aaron Rodgers in a way that they have never really been able to, even when Rodgers has been struggling in the past. And I know he's struggling this year, but to turn the screws on him like that, to frustrate him, to aggravate him, to completely stymie him like that. We, we just, we've never seen that before. And that's from a defense, Ben, 
that was the worst in the league going into that game and was allowing the most yards in the league going into that game and the most points and the most passing yards and the most yards per pass and the highest opponent completion percentage and the highest opponent quarterback rating. I mean, we could do this all day. It was by every measure, Ben, the worst defense and the worst pass defense in the league. So to that end, for me, the firing of Aubrey Pleasant wasn't entirely surprising. But it's not like I woke up that day thinking too, oh, today's the day Aubrey Pleasant's getting fired because we are so early into the year because he's so well-liked in this building and by his players. So I guess, Ben, what was going through your mind when you heard about the news of Aubrey Pleasant and what did you think of the way they responded against Green Bay? Yeah, my initial reaction was I feel like similar to all of us, like slightly taken back by it, but also understanding because we've been covering the results that they've been putting out there. It just was that moment of, okay, who does this help? And we'll see moving forward who it helps. But I think last week it really did. I mean, the defensive backs, I mean, arguably the best complete game they've played all season. Arguably, I don't even have to say that. It was the best game they played all season. And I think a lot of that started with Jerry Jacobs, man. He just kind of represents what this coaching staff wants to be about. He's not a perfect player. He's not a perfect cornerback. But I just think getting him on the field, getting him on the defense, he's a pit bull who just keeps coming back and keeps coming back. Even when he takes his lump, even when he gets called for a defensive pass interference, he just comes back and he's right there. And Jeff Okuda is proven it's not a fluke for him either. I mean, shoot, the, the defensive backs, it was a controlled unit. They're playing more zone and it's, I don't know if that was Aubrey Pleasant or not, but I think the message was received this week. And uh, I, there's not much negative to say about the defensive backs performance, safeties or corners from last week. We haven't even talked about freaking Kirby Joseph yet. And that dude's playing out of this world right now. So I think the response was A+. plus. We'll see if it holds going forward, but uh, yeah. Well, I don't think, I think there's only so many, there's only so much you can fix in a week. It's not like Aubrey Pleasant is going to be some kind of panacea for this defense okay it's not hey we're going to remove this guy from the equation and suddenly we're going to allow nine points per game against (laughs) hall of fame quarterbacks it's not like that but there were clearly issues with aubrey pleasant i think that maybe we could all see the performance on the field i think there's probably stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know because what we do know is that he's a very approachable guy his players love playing for him you can see the intensity every day on practice he really fit in terms of his energy and just his whole vibe with this coaching staff and what they're trying to do as a staff and what they're trying to bring but the results speak for themselves. We already went yeah. through the stats. They were just, uh, it's impossible to understate just how bad they've been in the past defense. And in particular, the missed assignments have been just galling. And I remember sitting up in the press box in Minnesota and it's there's a minute left in the game and Minnesota's driving for, you know, down by one score. And I just, I, I, I gesture with my left hand like I am right now <laughs> down toward the field. I look down there and there's KJ Osborne running toward the end zone. Yeah completely undefended. I've been covering this game a long time, Ben. I've never seen that before. (laughs) Um, And I thought it was really interesting when I asked Dan Campbell after the firing what he was hoping to see from his defense going forward. And the thing that he referenced in his response was missed assignments. He wants to see fewer missed assignments. He said he wanted to have the missed assignments. So that to me speaks to Dan Campbell's perceived, like the, the role that he believed Aubrey Pleasant had in the missed assignments. And I think in Green Bay, we do not privy to what the assignments are, but I didn't see a lot of free receivers running around. Of course, they got theirs. There was actually a lot of production from the Packers in that game, but I didn't see a lot of blown assignments, at least not to my eye, which was a huge 
step in the right direction. And of course, Jerry Jacobs come back, that helps. Kirby Joseph at safety has been trending up for a while. Jeff Okuda has been playing much better this year. Best football we've seen from him since he turned pro, Ben. And Aubrey Pleasant had a big role in that. And I think that's a, a fair thing to say as well. But the early results are good. It was a shock to the system, which I think is what was needed. It's a reminder that this is a result-oriented business. And no matter how good of a person you are, you got to produce or else. And that's something else Dan Campbell said when he was making that move. And the early results are good. It's hard to argue with that. No, it is. I don't have much more to add because, I mean, the Miami, the Minnesota game is what come to mind about missed assignments. And Campbell came out of that Miami loss saying we didn't execute the game plan we wanted to execute in the defensive backfield. There were some trimmed wires somewhere, I think, between yeah, Aubrey Pleasant and the top of the chain. And unfortunately, he was a guy that paid for it. So the big question I have going forward is how sustainable do you think this is? And of course, it's not going to be that level. You're not going to see nine points allowed per week from this defense against future Hall of Famers and whoever else they happen to see this the, this year. But improved the, the improvement was immediate. It was stark. Going forward, I think the big thing to look for is missed assignments. Again, that was just a huge problem from this defense and not just some small sample size from this year. Going back to all of last year, how many times did we see two guys covering a receiver and someone else is running for 40 yards? Repeatedly, repeatedly. I remember like Seattle, it was all over the field. They allowed 50-something points that week. <laughs> and yeah, misassignments were a huge issue. And I think the youth and the injuries and the, just the turnstile they've had in their roster has been a bit, big reason for it. But you know what? That's why coaches get paid. That They're responsible for making these guys, if nothing else, assignments sound. Of course, player development is a huge part of it and you want to see it. But sometimes you, you can't turn a guy into a playmaker and they didn't have a lot of those guys last year. So they were kind of, kind of had what they were working with. But this year with more guys out there, they still had a significant number of missed assignments. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm looking forward, looking for going forward. Because if those continue, then I think you start to have to turn the focus to a guy like Aaron Glenn. And so far, I think Aaron Glenn has really answered the bell. But Ben, he has so much more work to do going forward to show that progress we've seen so far is something that can be sustained. Yeah, and I am cautiously optimistic about placing any confidence in that sustainability. I think improvement should be sustainable, especially with the young guys playing that the way they have at all three levels of the defense. But uh, I'm with you. They're not going to hold people to single-digit points every week. There's going to be some breaks. Kirby Joseph is a rookie. Juju Hughes is playing a lot of snaps back there with Deshaun Elliott. There's a lot of young guys working into the fold. It's just about containing those missed assignments, finding the right moments. There's never a right moment to have a missed assignment. But it, like you said, in Minnesota, it can't happen in the final moment of the game. You really need to be on your P's and Q's in those moments. So I think I just think they've kind of simplified things, and the guys are really responding well to it. I'm Kirby Joseph, he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. The athleticism is there. You can see the instincts approving. I really think that is sustainable. I Not two interceptions every game sustainable, but the guy, he's already hitting better than any of us could have imagined for year one or maybe even year two. And I just think the way he plays, they have clearly tapped into something that's working and he's receiving that message. So I do think that some of the takeaways are going to be sustainable just by the guys that they have and the guys they're bringing back. But uh, yeah, yeah, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I, for me, the, the with Kirby Joseph, the I, I was trying to think of who he reminded me of and not so much in style of play, but just in terms of trend line, like where he was at when he came in and how quickly he's progressing. You know, he really reminds me of is Tracy Walker and these two guys are just the way they came in as raw prospects, spent most of their training camps buried behind established starters. With Tracy Walker, it was Glover Quinn. With Kirby Joseph, it was Tracy Walker. Kirby was damn near like third team every single day when he was out here in training camp and wasn't supposed to play this year, much like Tracy wasn't back when he first came in. He was learning behind Glover. And 
Tracy became a good player by the end. He was practicing so well as a rookie that they were like giving him snaps on the field by the end of that season, even though Glover was still playing pretty well. And you could see exactly where that was going. They were they were basically preparing Tracy Walk to be the next guy of safety. Yeah. And now you have it fast forward and like Kirby has gone from a guy who just learned how to play safety last year at <laughs> Illinois to this year like in five starts, he's NFC Defensive Player of the Week. That's just some <laughs> startling um, development. And I think it's a hat tip to a guy like Aubrey Pleasant, who was there for a lot of that growth. But obviously, Aaron Glenn, Brian Duker, who's the safeties coach here. Because, Ben, like Kirby has just looked like he belonged ever since they put him on the field. Oh, yeah. I remember watching him through camp in the preseason thinking, man, I fell in love with this guy as a prospect just with those intangibles. But he might not play for two years like he looked like that raw to me. So it's just it's remarkable what he's accomplished in five games. And he's right at the top of the list for reasons of optimism moving forward. And I think his development kind of shows why they kind of trust Brian Duker to take on more responsibilities, working with the safeties, answering the call. Deshaun Elliott benched back in the lineup. Tracy Walker, a debilitating injury that's going to keep him out for a very long time. And then you get a Third round raw rookie playing at this level. It's just, uh, I think that really speaks to why they trust that guy to, with those young guys moving forward. No doubt. And speaking of young guys, Jerry Jacobs is one of those young guys, and he's just come so far since he came in. I, I mean, he might have been the last guy to make the roster last mm-hmm. year. Just might have been, you know, I, I, like he was way off the radar, even as far as UDFAs go. Makes the team as something of a surprise. And then because of a bunch of injuries, I mean, they put Robbie Price out there and he fell on his face a little bit. And so then they put Jerry Jacobs out there. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, this might not be good. Because that's like, of all Mm -hmm. the positions to play as a rookie, obviously quarterback is the most difficult. But you talk to NFL players and they say the next most difficult position for a first-year player is cornerback and tight end for very different reasons. But cornerback is so difficult because every player is so much bigger, faster, stronger. Every receiver, so much bigger, faster, stronger. Every quarterback, I mean, the worst quarterback in the NFL is on a different planet than the best quarterback in, in the college game. That's just such a dramatic transition to make. And you don't see for every Sauce Gardner who's playing incredibly well for the Jets this year, you've got a hundred other guys who are falling on their face. Rookies, even if they become good players. Yeah. We, we saw it with Darius Slay back in the day. And they put Jerry Jacobs out there, this UDFA who spent half his career at junior college, Arkansas State, these other places. And he got one year in at Eric Arkansas, comes in here and played really well. He, he might have been on the short list for best UDFA in the NFL last year and obviously blew out his ACL bend late last year, which was a tough blow for him and the team, but got him back a couple weeks ago. Got our first long look at him in the win against Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers was 0 of 4 passing <laughs> and had the worst quarterback rating you can possibly have in the league, 39 and I don't, 39.6, I think is the yeah. worst you can have. So really good stuff from Jerry, bringing in Jerry now from the locker room. Okay, Jerry, like, I mean, you didn't hear it, uh, but we just, we just been through your last year and a half and all you've been through to, to make the team, to get on the field, the injury you went through, and now obviously getting back out there against Green Bay. So I guess a good place to start would be like, I mean, just how good does it feel to be able to, to get out there against Green Bay and, and play as well as you did? Oh, man, it's a blessing, man. I just, if you watch the tape, I just thank God every time I got a possession to get out there to be on the field this early in my rehab process. So um, I, it's a blessing. I just thank God, right? Because, like, you know, a lot of people right now, with this type of injury, you know, it take them at least 11 to 12 months, and it took me nine to be back on the field. So um, I just thank God every day, you know, I'm just go out there and just, you know, try to stay blessed and just keep working so I can stay on the field. And you didn't do it against just anybody. You did it, you know, against the Packers. You did it against 
Aaron Rodgers, one of the best ever, right? What was it like just getting out there for the first time in a year and be able to see a guy like that play as well as you did? And I know, I know I, we could see you talking some smack out there, too, right. so just a little bit. What was that like going against Aaron and playing as well as you did? Man, last year I actually got an opportunity to go against him um, week two. Um, I got a pass interference call, and um, I didn't get a chance to go against him then because later on in the year I got hurt, so I didn't yeah. go against him in the end of the season. So I just knew I owed him something this year. And um, knowing that I was going to be up available that game, I would just focus all week to just, you know, be on be on task on the defensive side of what we got to do to win. And um, just to step on the field to see him and even talk to him and tell him stop trying me, it was a blessing. I just cherish every moment and I was happy that I could help contribute on the defense to help me win. What exactly did you tell Aaron? I told him stop trying me. Yeah. Yeah, um, asked my bad halftime. I actually waited on him because I finished going in the locker room and I seen him. I'm like, I gotta say something to him. And I just like, hey man, start trying me. He looked at me, he just started smiling like, man, I got to. And I, you know, which is true, like when you someone get in, they gotta try you, you know? And like, he was just like, you doing good, man. And just to hear him say I'm doing good from a Hall of Famer, unbelievable, man. So yeah. I asked him for the jersey he didn't want to get to. <laughs> you gotta try it. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta try it. How much adrenaline is pumping through you, though, in that moment at halftime? I mean, a year and a half back, that guy talking crap with that guy. Like, how much adrenaline is going through you? It was a lot, man. Um, like I said, I was just so happy to be out there on the field to be able to, to run, to be able to compete with them type of guys, you know, like doing this um, rehab process. When I was out there, man, all I could have just thank God and just focus on what I had to do to help this team out of win. I just thank God every day, and I'm blessed to be able to, you know, contribute right now to not be back. A, not only that, but you get docked for the penalty, and yeah, he comes right back the, to you. Yeah, What's yeah. it mean to be able to recover and make that big play? Four straight incompletions right. from the 17-yard line to clinch the game. Man, little thing you know, I knew that P.I. That, that P.I. was on me. Everybody said it wasn't supposed to be, but I know that I knew that play was coming. <laughs> And I swear to God, I knew, but I got a little tug of the jersey, and, you know, and I, it was just a little mental, uh, mental thing. I'm like, yeah, he gonna keep coming your way, Jerry, you know, because I'm first off in the game, you know, he ain't see 39 all year, so from Hall of Fame, he see you like that, he gonna try it. You see when I got there, he tried me the first place, so I just knew I gotta stop up, and he gonna keep trying, so um, it was just a blessing <laughs> just to, you know, compete like that. So I'm sure you're, by now, I'm sure you're tired of talking about the injury and everything you've been through, but can you just, like, take us back to, to, to last year, last December, it's Denver. You go out there, you're playing so well. And I think it was early in the game, if I remember right. You go down with the injury. First right, exactly. So what was that like? What was that moment like for you that, that night, the trip back to Trenton? Like, what's going through your mind when you talk to that kind of thing? Oh, man, I was so hurt, man. I was really like, um, I was just so heartbroken because like, I, like you said, I did everything to do to make this team. Um, and I just wanted, and then it gave me an opportunity to play as an undrafted rookie. And then they started nine games. and come out like that, man, I was just so heartbroken. And like, I won't put it on nobody, you know. Um, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I, you know, I could've just got out of the way, but going back home from the plane, I was just like, I just gotta get back. Cause like, I'm in the NFL, like college, you know, you got rehab, you got process, but in the NFL, you got more stuff that can help you out with your process. So I was just like, just attack this rehab and get back out there and show them that you still got it. It was the hardest. Like moment for you, the darkest time for you. I know when guys are going through that kind of long-term rehab, they're not around the team all the time. Right. Maybe going to some dark places. What was the hardest thing for you, Jerry? To, take, very, to come out the other side. My very, and I still stand on this to this day. August when training came in, that was probably the deepest moment I got because I love the game of football and not able to be out there with my brothers in the beginning of training camp. I was just heartbroken, man. I was talking to Coach Blazing every day, Coach Plan, just trying to just stay intact, bro. Because like I was losing myself just not being out there, so. And once I got my mental back right, I was good to go. <laughs> yeah, I just talked to him. They helped me out a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah.
you kind of developed a relationship as like a pit bull, a hard worker, like a hungry guy, like from start to finish. Like, what is an injury? You were an undrafted rookie. BD roll on this team. How how much hungry does that make you? Make you so hungry just because, like, you know, you undrafted. A lot of guys don't expect for you to make this team, and you know, expect for you to play this early. I was just hungry when I got here. When I even got the call from Detroit, I told my agent, like, when I get there, like, it's up. Like, I'm hungry. I know what I can do to help this team, man. When I got here, you know, talking to guys like Jeff and Tracy. They even helped me more with the knowledge of the game, man. I just took advantage of it and just, you know, kept running with it and just be hungry. I'm still hungry. I heard Jeff really took you, Jeff Akuda really took you under his wing, was giving you rides, like, to the facilities <laughs> yeah. back home, like, yeah, yeah. watching TV, watching film, eating meals together. What was that like? What, what, what was hanging out with Jeff like, and how much did that mentorship help you in those early days? It's crazy, because, man, that man younger than me, and I, I still don't see myself as big, bro. Just because, like, the way he took me in last year, like, and he ain't had to, like, you know, I, I came up to him asking him about how the lead is. And, and like he said, he was going through stuff, too. Like, he had yeah, injury, he ain't played a lot of games. So, like, for him to, to do that would mean a lot. He was taking me home, taking me to go eat. Like, things like that, bro, brought us together. You know? We don't play similar, but we got a lot of aggressive, like, same yeah. aggressive style. And, like, you know, we just talk football and, like, we just connected, bro. And, like, we yeah. close as hell right now. So, like, we just got that bond, man, just to lock up and, you know, don't get caught on. <laughs> so the, the big question is, what do you guys like to eat? Where do you like to eat? Where, yeah, where, where do you like to go? Where do you like to get to eat? Oh, um, man, we, we like everything. We really go for seafood, yeah. pasta. Like, you know, sometimes we be trying to eat healthy with, like, the salads and stuff. But we really a seafood type of guy. We go eat at, like, steaks and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. What do you think of the food scene around Detroit? Oh, man, it's, it's great. It's great. I like y'all restaurants. You know, I yeah. love eating in a nice, fancy restaurant. Now, yeah. So, like, I like it, like, 220, like, you know, yeah. Ocean Prime, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, yeah, I right like now. them type of places. So, it's pretty smooth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And I know this is an audio medium people can't see it, but you're right. looking jacked, man. Yeah. Like, run me through your off-season <laughs> program. Like, how much focus? Like, you couldn't work the knee right. as much. You couldn't work the leg as much. So, like, how did you change your body? Oh, uh, man, I just knew, um, I got, like I said, I just got a tap rehab. And once that rehab process started, I didn't, I didn't stop doing what I did last year, like lifting weights and all that. And once I was able to move around on my knee, like squat and stuff like that, it just got even better. So I just stayed on top of my work, you know, just not letting that injury take me back down. You know, it's got to still stay hot, so I just stayed on top of it. Jerry, you've got a perverted story, right? right. I mean, like, you're, you might have been, like, the last guy to make the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they put you on the field, you played well. <laughs> and when you came back from, like, a year-long injury this year, you played well. Right, 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 right. And I, and, and, but then I look at your, like, where you've been, and it's like you were at community college in Kansas. Right. You were at Arkansas State. Yes, sir. Arkansas for, like, four games. Yeah, you and know. I'm sure, and I'm sure you've gotten questions about this, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess the question for me is why? Like, 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 how does a guy with your kind of career path end up playing as well as, as you are? Man, like all them things you just named, man, I look back on them and I don't, I don't get mad or nothing. I just look back on them and just say like, them, that, them things, them, them ways brought me who I am today. Like, getting kicked out of school, going to junior college, knowing that I ain't got no school, they're trying to give me an offer. Like, them, them ways brought me who I am today. So I would never like be low. I would always stay humble. I always be grateful and blessed. So like. That's just the mindset I got right now. Like, I've been through all that. Like, everything people try to go through now, I've been through that. And I ain't yeah. trying to keep bragging on nothing like that. But that just brought me who I am. I'm still going to be home. I'm going to stay blessed and stay hungry. So I, I appreciate them things that I went through. But, <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I've been through it. And I'm, you know, focused on where my feet at it right now. What happened when you got kicked out of school? Oh, man, just um, being around the wrong people at the wrong time, man. You know, um, then just going to true code. Just, man, just just being someone I wasn't, you know. And, I, and I'm happy that I went through that because I know who I am now, you know. How tough was that? It was real tough, man. You know, 
real tough, man. You know, it's just bad, bro. Like I, I feel like I just let a lot of people down, like my sisters and stuff like that. So yeah. I just had to show that, like, you ain't raised no bad boy. <laughs> you raised yeah. a grown man who's gonna be on this, you know, right path. So, so how, how do you get back on the right path? I mean, that, those are things that you hear a lot. Yeah. And stories like yours, like redemption yeah. stories, people who learn from their mistakes and, yes, and find success. But like, I guess, like, like, what put you on that path? I mean, because obviously you're on yeah. a dark path or right. the wrong path at one point. Yeah. How did you get to this point where you got on the... It hit me. Now? The light bulb cut on when I went to Kansas, man. You know, I'm from Georgia, yeah. um, going out of high school. I didn't have no offers and nothing like that. I yeah. did, but it was like D2, so I was just like, during college, Hutchinson called me was like, hey, man, we'll get an offer and come out here. I ain't do no research. I did. I seen Alvin Kamari and Cody Patterson went there, but as far as looking at the campus, none of that, I just called him back like, hey, I'm gonna commit, just send me a hat, I'm gone. And when I got that 14-hour trip on that plane, I'm like, bro, you didn't make this 14-hour trip to go back home. So I just, all, and I was saying people get sent home, and there was motivation for me, so my light bulb just clicked on right there, and, I, and it just went from, my bad, it just went forward from there, so. What was, I mean, you're a kid from Georgia. Yeah. I mean, like, what's that, like, going to Kansas and going to community college in Kansas? Think about it, man, you're going 14 hours away, he ain't never been in no small town like this. Yeah, yeah. And the like, it's just the dorm and the food, like, they home you, bro, they home you, bro, they home you. And you see a lot of dudes from other areas, like, North and like New Jersey, all that, like, it's just humble you, bro. It just show you, like, ain't nothing back in Atlanta for you, bro. Do yeah. what you gotta do here so you can go forward. Yeah. And that's what I did. One thing we should probably talk about, I mean, obviously, you returned last week, we covered as it gets fired, yeah. obviously. Tough to return from that, but more adversity just kind of walk us through that week and just kind of where you guys go from here and what do you Little do y'all know, man, man, I'm still talking to this day. I, and I, I, I probably won't get over it no time soon. You know, I know it probably sound like it, but I'm telling you. Yeah, I just gotta know the boy that man gave me, bro, when I got here. Like, I ain't never had a coach that treat someone like, not saying every other coach treat the high people to the low people. He treated everyone equal. Like, when I got to this thing, he didn't treat me like I was a red jack. He gave me opportunities and he helped me with the game. So, to see that, man, it's, it still hurts to just even talk about it. Like, we talked last night and I just told him, like, bro, we, we family for life. Like, no matter what, like, it took me, it, I, I hesitated so much after the game just to not test him like, hey, what did you see? Just cause I, like, I know he helped me a lot. So we just, you know, we just gotta keep that bond, bro. And he, he gonna get back cause he a great coach. He gonna be back on his feet, but man, it's hard right now. So I just gotta let him pass by. I think the hottest name in his locker right now, at least with fans around the team, is Kirby Joseph. Yeah, right? yeah. Defensive player of the yes, week. Sir, yes, <laughs> you know, a couple interceptions. Yeah, yeah. What's it like playing with that guy? Man, young guy who's hungry, bro. He, I, I don't see myself in him, but I see myself in him as far as like who won it. Yeah. He won it. He won it. Yeah. And, and he, he had. A, I want to say he still got the coaches that gonna get him there, but he just got to keep working, man. Yeah. Um, he gonna be great. He gonna be great. What's your best Kirby Joseph story? I've, I've heard he's got a pretty good sense of humor. Um, Kirby Joseph story. Sometimes he be asking some slow ass questions in the media. <laughs> Don't start to cuss, but no, no. he'll say some slow time. We'll be just all up that line. So it'd be moments in the media room when he just yeah. say something out of the blue and we be like, Kirby, that's so easy just to answer. You just talking, like you just yeah. he wanna hear himself talk, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. just he just young, you know, he young at home. So I'm happy for him. The thing that Ben and I were talking about in the front of this podcast, maybe this is a good place to wrap up. Right. Like obviously the defense played so much better this week after some of the changes and obviously the you know, the rise of Kirby in the back end and you at cornerback. The seems like the defense is locked in a little bit and you had your best four quarters last week against Green Bay. So the thing that him and I were talking about was like how much of this is sustainable. You know, is this like a one game thing or do you think the defense really is back? How much do you believe? I believe 100. Well, we come tight. If you don't see it, you gotta see it. <laughs> 
if you watch the first five, first first five games, they wasn't on the same page. Now we meet, we eat, we we getting that bun back to to be one, and that's what we doing. That's what we did this past week to, and it showed we're gonna do it again. So you just gotta stay together and just keep connected. How do you do something like that, Jerry? How do you become one? Um, DBs eat with each other, defense line eat with each other. Then we come in at in the end of the week and we just talk about what we need to do to win as a defense group. So yeah. we just keep that bond with a group and then we kind of gather as one and just yeah. make sure everybody on the same page. What's the food, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the secret. Always the secret. Oh, we go. We gotta eat now, you know. Jerry right, Jacob, thank you very thank much. You so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of MLive's Detroit Lions Beat. Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again. Thanks again.